Confession into the offertory of the sacrifice of the Mass. This is an astonishing thing. The action of the Mass is, for a few moments, suspended, or rather, it is opened up in order that you might be intimately associated with the offering the setting apart of the host that now lies upon the corporal, a thing utterly humble, fragile, and poor, and of the chalice of wine mixed with a drop of water. After three ancient prayers addressed successively, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you will pronounce the vows of stability, conversion of manners, and obedience. To the point of being, by these vows, bound to the Christus Passus, to the immolated Christ, who from the altar of the cross makes himself over to the Father as a pure victim, a holy victim, a spotless victim. And once you have pronounced your vows, you will stand before the altar with uplifted arms and sing three times that age-old chant that expresses as nothing else can your identification with Christ in his death and in his burial. Sushi pe me domine, secundum eloquium tuum et vivam. Take thou me to thyself, O Lord, and I shall live 
et non confundas me ab expectatione mea. Let me not be confounded in my hope. Raise your eyes, dear sons, to the glorious face of Christ. Thrust your hands upward into his hands. And in your weakness you will know the power that goes out from his wounds, giving resurrection to those in the tombs. Solemn monastic profession effectively makes you dead men, dead, to the point of being incapable of possessing, receiving, and giving, dead, to the point of being incapable of transacting marriage. St. Benedict says, whatever property he hath, let him first bestow upon the poor, keeping nothing of it all for himself, as knowing that from that day forward he will have no power even over his own body. Hear then what the Apostle says. We are made a spectacle to the world and to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. Yes, dear sons, there is a madness in monastic profession. The madness of an irrepressible hope in things no eye has seen nor ear has heard, no human heart conceived the welcome God has prepared for those who love him. You will disappear under the funeral pall an image of the water that flowed over your heads on the day of your baptism, making you dead in Christ and alive in Christ. The fathers tell us that monastic profession is a second baptism, a going down into the tomb, a coming out of the womb. You have come then not only to the hour of a new participation in the death of Christ, but also to the hour of a new participation in his resurrection. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ shall appear, who is your life, then you also shall appear with him in glory. While you lie prostrate and altogether hidden like the grain of wheat buried and dead in the ground, the church will raise her voice on your behalf in a solemn priestly prayer, begging God to do in you all that you, dear Dom Finian and dear Dom Elijah, cannot do in yourselves cannot do by yourselves, cannot do for yourselves. In pronouncing your vows, you will be the doers of the action, speaking in your own voice before God and in the presence of the Church. But during the great consecratory prayer, 
ad faciendum monacum, for the making of a monk, you will have only to lie still, to keep silent, as still and as silent as the host on the corporal. The great consecratory preface is akin to the magnificent prayers of the Roman pontifical by which the church hallows and sets apart persons, places, and things for God alone. Its special grace comes not from anything you do or say, but from what is said and done over you in the power of Christ's priestly mediation. At the end of the great prayer of consecration, the cry of the Apostle will summon you into the light of Christ. Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Only then will you be clothed in the distinctive garment of the solemnly professed and consecrated monk, the kukula, with its immense sleeves, symbolizes the contemplative life. It will identify you, dear sons, as men set apart for the one thing necessary. The traditional gospel for this festival of the Assumption is St. Luke's account of the hospitality given Jesus in the house of Bethany. It was by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and following a luminous theological instinct that the Church for centuries proclaimed and meditated this gospel in reference not to Mary of Bethany, but in reference to the all-pure Mother of God, Mary Most Holy, assumed into heaven and seated in quiet repose at the feet of her risen and ascended Son in glory. One thing is necessary. Mary hath chosen the best part, which shall not be taken away from her. Holy tradition has long applied this same word of the Assumption Gospel to the vocation of the enclosed monk. In a world, and indeed, even in a church where too many souls are burdened with cares and anxious about many things, remain, dear sons, on behalf of all and for all at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Prefer nothing to the Opus Dei, prolonged in adoration of the Most Holy Sacrament of the altar. Allow yourselves to be repaired in the radiance of the host, and in so doing, you will be silent repairers of a church that in every generation and in every place needs to be rebuilt, consolidated, and made beautiful for the Bridegroom Christ. Yours it is, dear sons, 
to enter more and more into the hiddenness of the host. What is our Benedictine life, if not a gradual, almost imperceptible penetration into the hiddenness of the host? Christ in the sanctuary of heaven, and Christ in the tabernacles of the earth. With Our Lady, hide yourselves in Christ, as Christ is hidden in the glory of his Father. With Our Lady, hide yourselves in Christ, as he is hidden in the bright cloud of the Holy Spirit. With Our Lady, hide yourselves in Christ, as he is hidden in the sacred species. With Our Lady, hide yourselves in the heart of the Lamb, even as he is hidden in the tabernacles of the world, unseen, unknown, and forgotten by men. The monk is a man called more to hiddenness, than, more to silence, than to discourse, more to the praise of God than to conversation with men. In all of these things, the monk participates here and now, even amidst the shadows and changes of this passing world, in the glorious mystery of the assumption of the Mother of God. At the end of this long and solemn rite, dear sons, you will again lie before the altar in an immense silence. You will remain there for as long as the host remains on the corporal, rising only for the Pater Noster. Dom de Lat, the great teaching abbot of Solem, tells us what it all means. Abbot de Lat says, there lies there a living man, a man renewed. There is a living victim, a pure, holy, and unspotted victim reunited to the victim on the altar, offered and accepted with that same victim, and enwrapped by the deacon in the fragrance of the same incense. Then the Mass continues. Motionless and silent like the Lamb of God, the newly professed suffers himself to be immolated and consumed mystically by the eternal High Priest. Our whole monastic life, says Abbot Delat, should resemble this profession mass. In receiving your solemn profession and in consecrating you monks today, I entrust you, dear Don Finian, and dear Dom Elijah, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, gloriously assumed into heaven. I pray her to keep inviolate and fragrant and fresh the grace that is yours today. It is a grace not for you alone, but for each one here and for the whole body of Christ, the Church. You, therefore, my sons, who have abandoned the world and taken refuge with God, behold, you are standing before him and his most holy altar in the presence of the brethren 
who dwell in this monastery, tell me, do you wish to renounce the world and all its pomps? I do. Do you wish to undertake the conversion of your manners and to prefer the love of Christ to that of your parents? I do. Do you wish to profess obedience according to the holy rule of St. Benedict, renouncing your own will? I do. Do you promise to foster with all diligence the worship and perpetual adoration of the most holy sacrament of the altar? I do. Do you offer yourselves to the Father as sacrificial victims united to the sacred host in reparation for the impieties committed against this most august mystery? I do. Do you promise to represent all priests before the Eucharistic face of our Lord Jesus Christ, especially those who do not adore, those who are most wounded in their souls, and those who are exposed to the powers of darkness? I do. Do you promise for the rest of your lives stability, conversion of manners, and obedience before God and his saints, according to the rule of our Holy Father Benedict, and the declarations and statutes approved for our synobium by the apostolic see and by his lordship, our Father in Christ, the most reverend Bishop of Meath. I do and I desire it. May the Lord assist you in your holy resolution. Amen. Oh.